Okay, Carlos. I like this introductory music you recommended, but I think you're going to have to recommend something new because I just don't think that all the gringos that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to have too much of a, an appreciation for it as we do. So, about this suffering thing, it's the central focus of Buddhism, and yet it's probably one of the most misunderstood um, aspects of Buddhism, wouldn't you say? Well, maybe maybe next to that uh, emptiness thing. Well, anyhow, I, th I think they're both up there. Not that long ago, I uh, was talking to this colleague at this school site where I was working temporarily and he I believe he's a Christian minister yeah I think he's a he's a Christian minister uh, very much interested in religion and um, loves to talk about it not shy um, you know uh, about it at all and uh, I, I did like to engage in talking with him even though I knew that, you know, you know how it ends with a lot of these discussions, and I think it's okay. You know, it's it's their thing. It's what uh, they sincerely believe in. But you know that it's always going to end up with that. Um, well, you know, Jesus thing, right? Jesus, um, you need to accept him and. Um, as your Lord and Savior, and if you don't, well, you know what's going to happen. So, uh, as long as I was able to push that to the side, and I did manage to most of the time, we had some really pretty pretty good conversations, especially centered around uh, suffering during lunchtime and during nutrition, you know. Um, and as much as I tried to explain to him that suffering in Buddhism was not something that was denied or something that we attempted to escape. It was very difficult for him to, well, it's very difficult for Buddhists, really, uh, to, well, to understand the, the central role of, of suffering in Buddhism and how it is that suffering in Buddhism is not something that is to be pushed aside or avoided, or even, strictly speaking, uh, transcended. Well, this guy kept um, coming back, coming back for more, and I have to admit that uh, initially um, there was the attempt on my part to well, avoid him, um, just because I think I was prejudging him based on other encounters with... Um, well, you know, other um, um, Christians that are really into that um, my way or the highway uh, thing that we're all too familiar with. So I was, uh, you know, <laughs> don't really want to, to deal with that. Uh, but uh, I was wrong uh, with this person, even though there was uh, that aspect about him. There was also a, a sincere inquisitiveness. He uh, really wanted to engage 
and uh, understand, um, especially that part about um, uh, the central role of suffering in Buddhism, because he understood that uh, it was uh, also, it is also something that uh, his uh, Christian belief, faith, is uh, interested in. And so he saw that there was common territory here that could be explored. And he had studied, it became apparent enough about Buddhism to suspect uh, the following. He suspected that Buddhism was particularly interested in the question of suffering in a manner that uh, for him as a Christian was uh, somewhat unsettling or somewhat disturbing because it became uh, evident uh, as we continued to engage with each other uh, because he was convinced that the solution to this human problem of suffering uh, well, that there was only one solution, that which was offered by his uh, particular brand of Christianity. Now, I find worthwhile sharing this encounter with this person, or these encounters, because they took place over time, during nutrition and during lunch for short periods of time, you know, each 10, 15, 20 minutes at most each, because it's pretty similar to... Um, other encounters with people nowadays that are well-educated and they uh, are very capable of quickly understanding the uh, principal concerns of, of Buddhism. And you take them quickly through uh, these basic, right, what's to be uh, understood and uh, what uh, it is that we abandon, and what it is that uh, is um, realized, or we attempt to realize, and, um, you know, what we develop as Buddhists. And, but you only reach a certain point, and then it becomes very problematic, as it, uh, it is problematic for uh, us as Buddhists to grapple with. So, this person, uh, the first time I remember that uh, he, uh, after we had had a brief conversation that he found out I was a Buddhist, I think he came to me one time during nutrition, he's, uh, oh, uh, it was nice talking to you last time about, um, you know, um, you being a Buddhist, and uh, how about this uh, Buddhist thing that you guys uh, consider the world to be an illusion? Wouldn't you say that's uh, uh, a problem? How is it that you propose to solve this question of human suffering when you consider that very suffering to be an illusion and even the world to be an illusion? That's what he was asking. So, you know, I had to, to explain to him that uh, it's not quite like that, that uh, as Buddhists, after all, we all the while attempting to avoid the, the term karma because that would open up another bag of worms. So I'm, I'm trying to explain to him that uh, as Buddhists, we do accept the world um, as it uh, 
manifests and that things have uh, these relationships and that we don't deny those relationships among objects. You know, there is this cause and effect that uh, can't be denied. And he said something like, oh, so the, uh, the world is not an illusion to you. And I'm like, no, it's not. So uh, you do believe in cause and effect. And um, yes, we do believe in, in cause and effect. And he said, and you do believe that uh, suffering is real. And um, yes, from, from this point of view, uh, yes, suffering does have causes and it does have effects. And when people experience suffering, it's a very real thing to them. And he's like, oh, okay. The very next day, and it was the next day, he sees me during nutrition, and he comes to me, he sits on uh, the table where I was sitting, having my little coffee and coffee cake, and he's, uh, oh, I have a question for you, and I'm, okay. He goes, so, you don't believe the world is an illusion, and uh, suffering is something that's real that people experience, but what about this desire thing? And then he said, you seem to have this desire problem, and if you do, well, aren't you denying a very large part of human experience because so much of human experience revolves around uh, desiring things? And I said, no, uh, it's not quite like that. Uh, as Buddhists, we find desire a problem because it's really a wish to have a pleasurable experience to be repeated over and over again, and at some point it becomes... Uh, an addiction. It becomes uh, an attachment to something that uh, did occur and uh, we took pleasure in, but now we want to somehow in some way uh, repeat it over and over again. And he said, so you do get to enjoy sex? And I said, yes, I, I do get to enjoy sex. And I said, and I also get to enjoy um, good food and other experiences that uh, are pleasurable. And he's, well, so how do you avoid not developing that attachment to uh, pleasurable experience? And that was a very good question because he's a smart cookie and he understood that attachment to pleasurable experiences do lead to suffering. And he actually understood this very well because as I later um, discovered because he shared it with me at the church where he is uh, a minister. He has a 12-step program for alcoholics, and so he understood pretty well the nature of addiction. So I didn't really have to go very much into this uh, at all. Um, I don't know if it was the next day or a couple of days later, but uh, he we did meet again and said to me, um, you know, uh, this uh, addiction to repeating pleasurable experiences is problematic. Uh, we do know that uh, suffering does uh, arise from that. And he asked me, uh, how do you deal with that uh, as a Buddhist? I could share with you how we deal with that as a Christian, but how do you deal with it uh, as a Buddhist? So I said to him, um, can you allow me to share with you what the Buddha said about suffering? He goes, sure. I said, well, 
the Buddha said that uh, association with the unpleasant is suffering, and he also said that uh, separation from the pleasant is suffering, and that not getting what we want is also suffering, as well as getting what we don't want is suffering. I said, uh, would you uh, agree with that? He said, sure, I, I have no problem at all um, agreeing with that. It's, And he said, um, you're just describing um, developing attachments to worldly things that change. And there is a part of us that wants to hold on to those kind of experiences in light of their uh, continuous uh, change. And I said to myself, okay, this is this is one sharp cookie right here. Great. And then I, I asked him, I said, okay, well, what is that part of us that continues to, to do that, to revisit that territory that causes him or her so much pain? And he said, well, for me, that part of us that uh, does that is um, me, uh, my my soul, that uh, eternal uh, part of me that uh, is fixated on worldly experiences and uh, that it, uh, at some point, when it gets into that kind of trouble, it seeks God uh, in order to be freed from that. So th- this continued over a period of different, uh, you know, nutrition periods and lunch periods, uh, I'm just trying to recall here, uh, well, the important parts of this ongoing conversation, okay? So after that, I said to him something like, okay, well, that's that's good, right? If uh, you are able to get this kind of assistance from your God, and uh, God uh, is able to help you with those type of situations that become, well, uh, difficult habits to break that cause that kind of suffering in one's life, then uh, that is a, a good thing, right? That God is able to help you like that. He said, yes, yes, I, I know how it works for me, but I want to know how it works for you as a Buddhist. And then I said to him, okay, well, uh, for us as Buddhists, uh, once we have uh, this good grasp of what is suffering and uh, how is it that suffering uh, is introduced into our life, then there's this shift from suffering itself to the question of who is experiencing these states of suffering, a shift to uh, I am suffering, I don't like this, this is not a good experience for me, uh, or this is uh, something that I really dig, I really like, and I want to have as much of this as possible, and how can I get more of this, and uh, what do I have to do to get more of this? Uh, these highs, this uh, wonderful sense of satisfaction. So we begin to to take a look at that. And we uh, primarily do that with this uh, practice of meditation that we do, that engages that sense of this I, this me, that is experiencing 
And somewhere here along this line of um, back and forth, he said, wait a, wait a minute, uh, hold on. Um, how do you do that? Because uh, when you're uh, that caught up in your own pain and your own suffering, you yourself can't find your uh, way out without some kind of uh, help that comes from above. Uh, for me, it's uh, for God, but um, uh, I don't think that the Buddha does that for you because the Buddha is just a teacher, right? And I said, yes, the Buddha is just a teacher. He goes, you know, it's it's like uh, you being in, in, in some kind of prison and you're attempting to escape from that prison and uh, you have no no one to help you from the outside. It's, uh, uh, it's impossible to do that. So I, I have to... <laughs> I have to admit to you that uh, in the moment when he said this, my reaction inside was, oh shit, crap, prison. <laughs> what's this What's this, this prison about? Because, um, you know, it sounds pretty good, right, the way he said it. And I'm like, okay. And I think I even looked at the clock and there was still like five minutes left of, whether it was nutrition or lunch, and I'm like, oh shit, five minutes, that's a long time. I need to, I need to think quick right here about this. And, uh, so I said to myself, okay, uh, prison. So, um, yeah, you know, prison has to be in, in this, you know, from this point of view, from the point of view of Buddhism, it has to be this, uh, very strong and convincing sense of, of self, this sense of, I. And as I was there trying to respond to this present analogy that he brought up, what came to mind was this recent reading that I read about uh, suffering by Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche that had to do something to do with a splinter and the removing of a splinter. The connection there was with suffering and uh, awareness and how it is that when we bring awareness to suffering, that, uh, well, that I, that me, that is suffering, can't be located anywhere. And we are left with, well, with uh, lots of room to moving in different direction and that is uh, the direction with the uh, new flow of our life situation so uh, keeping this teaching on the removal of the splinter by Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche in mind I said to this um, this Christian minister I said well you know um, the way that we as Buddhists, to remove ourselves from this this prison of suffering, is uh, in a, in a different way than than you seem to to free yourself from suffering. And the way that we do it is by looking at that suffering uh, directly. And when we look at uh, that suffering directly. What happens is that uh, that sense of I am suffering, this is happening to me, this is uh, such a terrible and 
depressing and awful thing. And uh, why is it that uh, uh, this is occurring to me? And uh, how is it that I find myself in this situation? And so on and so forth. Uh, that is dissolves. It uh, it's pushed away, and um, that very strong sense of well, uh, I am right experiencing this suffering. Uh, kind of it's nowhere to be found. It's it's not located, and uh, that's how we experience freedom from that uh, uh, prison of, of suffering that you just uh, described. Uh, we remove that uh, I, that me. Uh, I am experiencing this. It is I uh, out of the equation just merely by uh, paying attention to suffering its, itself in a relaxed and, uh, well, uh, without struggling manner. And he looked at me, he kind of, uh, uh, in an odd kind of way, and he goes, oh, okay, I, so I get it. So uh, it isn't really uh, you that uh, is uh, freeing yourself from suffering, but something else is, um, is interfering on your behalf. And he said, I just want to share with you that that something else is, is God. And uh, it's uh, Jesus Christ that uh, has given his life in order to free you from that suffering. And at that point, I said to myself, okay, um, this is an opportunity to not be uh, a Buddhist dick about this, uh, a Buddhist uh, ideologue about this. After all, uh, you know very well that uh, when you manage to do this, when you manage to move, remove yourself out of this equation, that uh, something that you can't quite possibly explain, identify, locate, does <laughs> do the job for you. <laughs> so, if this person here uh, chooses to believe that uh, uh, that is Jesus Christ that is doing the job for you, you know, so be it. <laughs> so I I said to him, you know, uh, if uh, if that's the way that uh, you uh, uh, see things and uh, you understand things, and uh, that's where it's at for you, uh, I'm I'm quite okay with that. I must share that he looked at me for a second or two quite victoriously, but then there was this look that he gave me, and you know he didn't know quite what to make of what I said to him about that, but we didn't have much time to to go into that. Later on, he did approach me again, and he did um, uh, continue to press the discussion, and it did go in various different directions, and perhaps, I don't know, um, maybe I'll share some more of this uh, ongoing engagement with this Christian minister with you. I think it might be kind of worthwhile doing so, but we'll see. Anyways, uh, I think that's 
I'm trying my best to keep these uh, as short as, as possible. I'm not doing a good job. Perhaps one day I'll be skillful enough to limit these to 10, 15 minutes at most. Thank you. If uh, you are so inclined, subscribe so that you are notified when I'll be sharing the next episode with you. Thank you. Gracias. Take care. Cuídense. Cuidado. Hasta la vista, amigos and amigas. And yes, Carlitos, please find me some new introductory music that is as cool as Florecita Roquera by Artesio Pelados. Melody.